0: Welcome to Emil Franz's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers.
1: And it's another Saturday afternoon uh, here in the old Pueblo that we call Tucson. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. We're in Tucson, and uh, Todd Roberts is with us. He's in Los Angeles. Howdy, howdy.
2: Howdy, howdy, gentlemen. Well, howdily so doodly you today.
1: Yes, we are well today. It's uh, obviously the end of the the last Saturday of the month, and normally we're out at our sponsor, White's uh, White Horse Stallion, uh, White Stallion, but uh, guest ranch. Guest ranch, but uh, because of the uncertainties that's going on, <laughs> we're uh, in the studio. But uh, we will I'd be back rather there.
3: Be out I'd rather be
1: out at the ranch also. Yeah, but it'd
3: be great <clears throat> when we can get Todd out there so he can see the awesomeness of it. Yes,
1: it would. Yes, it would. Well,
2: I, I'm, I'm always ready to be exposed to awesomeness. Yes. <laughs> well,
3: speaking of awesome.
1: Well, but, but before we get to the awesomeness, today's program, it's the last Saturday of the month. That means it's Movie Saturday. Yes. And our topic today is The Last of the Singing Cowboys, or The Last singing cowboy Rex Allen.
3: Yeah, he was the last k- cowboy to sing a con sign a movie contract as a singing cowboy. Right.
1: And that was with Republic.
3: Now, the awesomeness. Awesomeness Golf Bunker. KG's, our favorite breakfast place. Uh Harry and I all through this banished restaurant period <laughs> uh where you cannot go and have a good breakfast. We've been going to Kgs anyway. That's right. Picking up a good breakfast and going out, dropping our tailgates, and sitting there right in front of Kgs, eating our breakfast and talking about what we're going to do Saturday and and what we've seen over the week and just general BS, lots of BS. And for
1: our Tucson and uh, uh, near Tucson listeners, they're located on Grant. West of the interstate, uh, if you look for the five antennas, the radio five antenna radio antennas, um, you'll you'll see them right there. They're right by National Glass. Also, they're on
3: the south side of Grant, and yeah. probably about I'd say 150 yeah. yards uh, from Silverbell. East of Silverbell. Yeah. So anyway, they sit back, great white prices, building, great food,
1: great great food, great prices, great uh, wonderful great staff. People. Yeah. We love it. All right, that's that's, that's our it. that's our freebie for this for now. That's our that's
3: Me. our personal thank you. You guys sure know how to rub it in, you know? Yeah, we took
2: stuck here in L.A.
3: Well, you know, we took we took uh, uh, Wyatt McCray out there and and uh, Lisa yeah. for breakfast after he had been over here, yeah. and he fell in love with the he place. Did. Both of them did. <laughs> But it's just old-fashioned, down-home, good yeah. country. And so more than you can eat, but you eat it anyway.
1: You know, Todd, it's like that one place that you and I went to uh, somewhere in one of those little towns near San Luis Obispo when we went up to um, the winery. And uh-huh. It's like one of those little cafes that, that we went to. And, uh, okay. you know, it's they're just great people, and it's great food.
3: And, you so. know, those things, are get they're scarce they are. after all this BS. They are. They're going to be becoming yeah, more scarce. A lot of them probably won't survive, and that's that's the great tragedy. All right, let's get on to yes.
1: let's get on to Rex Allen. Uh, he is the uh, Arizona cowboy. By God, he was yes, born in uh, born in Wilcox or near the Wilcox area. 1921, and um, he he passed away here in Tucson. 1999, a, a tragic accident. Uh, Got with, run
3: over in his own driveway. Yeah, well. Backed he, over by accident. Suffered
1: a uh, heart attack uh, prior to that.
3: Well, but he, he was, a, well, he was ambu- ambulating. Yeah. And it was... Fell the, the Getting run over had nothing to do
1: with the heart attack. Oh, well, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, in the meantime, he, uh, he, like I said, he was the last singing cowboy. Uh, he uh, appeared in... Uh, a buttload of movies and television series and docs and documentaries he is probably more known as a narrator for many of the Disney productions yeah. uh, like uh, Old Yeller and, and things like that
2: than um, Yes and and I have to jump in here because yes. this is a so very uh, uh my favorite Disney movie uh very easily is Charlie the Lonesome Cougar mm-hmm. and yes. Rex Allen was the voiceover. Yeah, that was a and funny movie. I loved it as a little kid and then I, when my son came along I I had him watch it and we used to watch it all the time together and he loved it. Yes. Well, so. And uh, Rex's voice was one of those voices that made you feel comfortable. Yes. You know, you you, w- you hoped that when you got in trouble that the person spoke to you like that you know it? he had that voice that made you even if you were getting a little bit of a of a, a tongue lashing you were it, it was going to give you 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 got it with some confidence that mm-hmm. the person knew what they were speaking about and he's also his voice is all over both parks yeah, His uh, narration is at both parks as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I, ha- and, uh, I have a, cool. i have a clip from the very first episode of Frontier Doctor, in which he starred. Uh, it ran in uh, 1958, I think for a season, maybe a season. 36 shows. Okay, about a season and a half. The public put it on. And uh, so this is a clip from the uh, very first Frontier Doctor, and it, it is... Rex Allen's very first interaction Todd, see if you can guess who With whom he is interacting here
3: I'm Pat Cavity He's been shooting over near my place In Apache Bend, you better come Very bad Bad enough, there's one dead rustler
4: but there's three cowboys still alive and kicking Take this team over to the livery stable And get yourself a fresh horse I'll change clothes and saddle my horse And meet you here in a few minutes All right. Uh, by the way, nice to meet you Same to you any idea? I,
2: I I would venture that that was Joel McRae.
1: No, that was uh, his cousin, Glenn Strange.
3: Wow. <laughs> and Cactus Mac <laughs> was the, was the third cousin. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh that, my God! I know. Really? That, I, I stumbled across that. I thought, well, that's pretty cool.
3: I'll bring that to the show. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very cool. <laughs> yeah, you very know that cool. was it was thirty actually it was thirty nine episodes. He played Doctor Bill Baxter, and that was it was produced by. Uh, uh, Republic and was at least half hour syndicated.
1: And he was able to wield a gun pretty doggone good for a doctor. Well, you know, hey, you know,
3: he had practice.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but you know, he was the real deal. You know, he was a rodeo rider. Yes, he was. School. Yeah, he knew horses. He he knew he knew what it was like to grow up on a ranch Mm -hmm. uh, in mud springs. Um mm-hmm. you know uh as a kid and and i grew up in a very rural community and I'm sure that you know he was a kid that grew up spending most of his time outside the house walking anywhere he pleased uh on that land you know and, he was a and kid that nature grew up yeah. and that's pretty cool well, todd he, did, you, did you did you
1: did uh, you flip something please. there? Did you, uh, you sir? Hmm, why are we, why are we having a maybe? Well, you know, maybe, that's pretty you know.
3: Cool. It, it shows you too. You now this did is you, like, like you, a really typical Western ranch uh, history. It. His baby sister, uh, she died of a childhood illness. A few years later, his older brother died of a rattlesnake bite. The family moved to Wilcox for a while because uh, this was during the depression and cattle prices were down and. His dad uh, just couldn 't make it go of the ranch. It was just too tough but one of the neat things there his dad was an old time fiddler, and he was super popular in that area for playing the dances and whatnot and w- at when uh, Rex was around ten, he got him a guitar so that he could learn how to play and accompany him on these uh, on these uh, little uh, jobs he yeah. would g- get you know bring a little extra money in. And Hmm. sometimes this is interesting. Sometimes he can earn as much as a dollar and fifty-five cents in tips playing at the Railroad Avenue Barber Shop on Saturdays. (laughs)
1: Wow, Todd, I don't know what we got going here, but I got some sort of an echo here, and I don't understand why that's happening. So I don't even. I well, that's because I've got him turned down because it's echoing, and it's not supposed to do that but so here's what we're gonna do I'm gonna disconnect you and then you connect back up and then we'll see if we make this uh, make this okay. work all right here Fair we go oh, boy oh boy you know some days you want
3: me to you keep like, talking while you're doing do that t- um, you you or I can up. hum you know or sing a Rex Allen song all right well do, please do all right so I leave. don't know why
1: we have an echo here we, <laughs> should, we should not have an echo Oh my God! Uh,
3: well, let's just do it with the echo. You know, some
1: days. No, you can't do it with an echo. They just yet. damn it. Uh,
3: okay. All right. Um, well, I'm going to talk while you while you do something. All right, Todd.
1: Oh, this isn't going to work for some reason, and so I'm going to call, give you a phone call. All right. Okay. All right. Bye.
3: Call me on my on my landline. My yep. landline. Talk, all right. All right. You... Okay. Well, let, later on, anyhow. Uh, Rex married Myrtle Crawford, who was the, uh, I guess, uh, family, family connected. You know, I maybe went to school together, something like that. Uh, and he he learns he learns the songs of uh, Jimmy Rogers, the singing breakman, Gene Autry, Carson Robinson, Early Carter family, and uh, then also he. Oh, it was. This is what this is. He's, yeah, his school teachers tried to convert him into being a serious vocalist. Or, you know, and he just said, No, I prefer doing country cowboy songs. And, you know, i moving on from that. He uh, later on, the family moved to Phoenix. His dad uh, his dad uh, worked as a plasterer, Joe Dreyfus's old trade. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Rex, after high school, became a hod carrier for him. And he met another plasterer who went on to do quite well for himself here in Arizona, a fellow named Del Webb. Mm-hmm. And he got a job while he was in Phoenix and on a little radio station there, K-O-Y, mm-hmm. uh, and become friends with the announcer, who later became governor of Arizona, Jack Williams. So Rex seemed to be able to... Uh, Need interesting people. Oh, I hear the phone ringing. We hear the phone ringing. I hope he's home. He's home. He's home. You think so? I know he is. Oh, I hope so. Where is he? He's I not answering the you. phone. He's not. Oh, I told you he's not oh, home. He's home, man. Where is this? Game? Thank
0: this. you for calling, Krupp and Partners. Well, that's
3: not it. <laughs> <laughs> oh Harry, Harry! Yeah, you called my the wrong God. number. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, it'd yeah. been neater if we'd gotten somebody.
1: Hey, uh, this is the this is all about live this radio, is live radio, yeah. man. Live podcasting. Okay, okay. Nineteen
3: thirty-nine. We're moving up in time. Uh, he got himself a steady job as an announcer on WHIS in Bluefield, West Virginia. Uh, he only worked there for a few days, and then he landed a regular shot at WTTM. In Trenton, New Jersey, of all places, uh, the pay was minimal, and with the war on, uh, Rex found Fred it necessary was... to supplement his income with a in night shift at a rubber mill. Uh, I don't know what that has to do with minimal. anything. <laughs> rubber mill. <laughs> okay. What yeah. happened next? Okay. He soon moved further north. He uh, landed a spot at WCAU in Philadelphia with the Sleepy Hollow Gang as uh, a fiddler and harmony singer, and he went on to become a full-time entertainer from that point on. Uh, from what I understand, the uh, Sleepy Hollow Gang they used to do the live shows out in the parks, and you know it was, that was just a venue back then. It wasn't like busking or anything. They would just they would be contracted to entertain in the, in the park. That's when it was kind of a nice thing that American towns used to do. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, moving on. What uh, happened next, Okay, uh, Roy Acuff he became a stepping stone. And eventually, allowed him to move forward in his career. And uh, Roy helped him get an audition for the Grand Old Opry. Unfortunately, a young fellow named Eddie Arnold uh, had already gotten the job, so he didn't didn't go there. But he had made a friendship with Lou Bell and Scotty Wiseman, who were tremendously popular on the radio back in that days, and he did better because he got a shot at the National Barn Dance, WLS, in Chicago, which is the WLS, stands for world's largest store, and uh, Sears and Roebuck was the sponsor of that sh- on the station, and uh, he parlayed that it was the same thing that uh, Gene Autry did. He had worked there for several years. And moved on to Hollywood. Now, as time moved on with Rex, uh, he got very, very popular. At the end of four years, he was doing real well. He had got a contract with Mercury Records. He was on one of the most powerful signals in the in the Midwest. And uh, just the, during this same period, he had a, he was born cross-eyed. No kidding. And yeah, and during this period. He actually got his vision corrected because he had, I guess, suffered under a fear of going blind because of this. I guess that maybe may have been one of the byproducts of this, but uh, this is what Rex had to say. This is quoting him. You must realize that all my life I had a fear of losing my eyesight and I figured this was my last shot. All of a sudden my whole life changed. Now you want to talk a while there, Todd, or you want me know? He's not with oh, us, us, so us show okay for it. well, I'll just keep jabbering on here okay now, the show, as I said, was a stepping stone to hollywood uh, uh Herbert Yates, who was the head of Republic, just happened to hear him on the station He'd been, He was back in Chicago on studio business, heard him, and was really impressed with this young fellow's voice and also at this at this time uh. It was Roy Rogers was kind of phasing himself out of, out of the movies. Uh, he only had a few, few things left to do with the with public, and he wanted to move into television like Autry had and and uh, Hopalong. And so Gates really wanted him bad, paid him a little more than he generally paid these other guys I'm when they were starting. About, man, and but anyhow, he that. he's now. Now he's there at Republic. And just to show you, when Roy and Gene started, the leading guys were getting around $75 a week. And that's, you know, that sounded pretty good in the Depression. But when Rex went to work, he got a whole peapot more. Okay, moved the family to California. And his first picture with Republic was the Arizona cowboy. And that also became his uh, his tagline as Rex Allen, the Arizona Cowboy, and all the movies after that. That's how they would bill him. Along with, uh, from the second movie on, uh, Coco, the Miracle Horse of the movies. Now, the, the Arizona Cowboys was cowboy was directed by R. G. Springston in 1950. Uh, Gordon Jones was his sidekick, Roy Barcroft who was almost uh, the institutional heavy in most of uh, uh, Rex's movies, was, of course, the leading villain. They shot this up at Iverson's Ranch out there in California. Uh, Edmund Cobb, the old cowboy actor who had been a star in The Silence, was in there. Chris Penn Martin, who was one of the leading Hispanic writers, uh, actors of that day, was in her. Uh, Stanley Akeros, other people here. Let's see what else we got going on.
1: Well, while you do that, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to you're going to take a break here yeah, because give me, give me I don't quite understand what's going you. on here with this stupid setup.
3: Why it's always
1: screwing with me? It's these uncertain times. Mm. Has to be.
3: to show must go We'll be back.
0: The Tucson Trap and Ski Club is one of the best-kept economic secrets in town. This 900-member group maintains one of the finest shotgun shooting ranges in the country, featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and sporting clays fields, and hosts national and international events that bring thousands of people and millions of dollars into our community. The Spring Satellite Grand American Tournament alone involves 1,200 participants for 10 days. Learn more about this and their other contributions to our community at tucsontrapandskeet.com.
3: As we recognize the service of America's men and women in uniform, let's also honor the families who sacrifice so much every day. Military families endure frequent deployments and separations. They carry on while their loved ones are sent into harm's way and wait patiently for their safe return. If you really want to honor a veteran, look for ways to support their families and thank them for their sacrifices. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help.
4: Two seven I'm just
0: a cowboy, a Texas buckaroo. I love the open
3: spaces where skies are always blue.
1: There's some I Ray Whitley watch there moving along those, uh, moving along I slow there, little dog. No, it doesn't. It's not Rex Allen. It, it should have been. It should have been, but it isn't. It is Ray Whitley. And so that's the name of that, too. So
3: take that take that apple and
1: bite it. You, you, you could do that. <laughs> There's some other things that we could do with that, too.
3: Uh, <laughs> well, well, I'm not sitting on any apples here.
1: <laughs> Bunker to France, Harry Alexander, Todd Roberts, by phone. Are you there? Bill. Be Are you there, sir? Are you there, Todd? Oh, wait, wait. Now he is. Are you there, Todd? I'm good. I can barely hear. I know. Let me turn him Let up. Here. Turn him up here, Harry. Don't drop Don't drop him. <laughs> Turn him up. All right, now we won't drop him. We got him right there. All right. Yeah. Try, try not
4: to drop me. No. I'm convinced that my brother dropped me on my head too many
3: times. <laughs> well, you missed some good why, stuff why. there. <laughs> I don't
4: know why I think that,
3: but I do. <laughs> well, let's see here. Why don't I talk a little little bit about cocoa?
1: Coco was well, not the first horse to get top billing no it
3: was number two yeah in fact I don't know who the first horse was champion right. oh you're talking about the other horses oh yeah. there was there was Silver Buck, yeah, well, yeah you know uh, Buck Jones's horse yeah uh, Tony was oh there's all well, kinds uh, of other Tony, horses
4: Tony the Wonder Horse was top mixes and he was the true first yeah you know uh, he was maybe the first but I was. but at the same time I you know I don't think you can count out Will Hart's horse.
3: Oh uh, no! uh, Whom? Yeah, uh, who's buried? Who's buried uh, at the foot of the hill? Yeah, up there on the top. uh, It's a beautiful spot. Where his house
4: is. All three or four horses are buried together. I think the dog's buried there
3: too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Let's see. That was. Fritz it was Fritz it is Fritz yeah
4: it is, it is Fritz and there's a beautiful painting of Bill on Fritz um and uh uh in uh in the dining room of the house and uh painted by James Montgomery Flagg who did Uncle Sam hmm <coughs>
3: Interesting. Well, here's an interesting thing here because when Rex started the series, he wanted a horse that was different than, you know, the white horses and the the palominos and everything. And he found this 10 year old horse, a stud, uh, that I think it was at uh, uh, Randall's stables. They brought the horse on for dale evans with uh roy but the horse was just too much for you know the studs can Mm. be that way Mm -hmm. and so she and she ended up with a gray gelding called buttermilk but uh so anyhow uh coco was a morgan uh with some quarter horse chocolate with a snow white mane and tail and he really stood out because you don't just you just didn't see that cotton color horse or those kind of markings in the pictures yeah One problem, though, is it's very hard to double. I imagine they painted a lot of horses. And he started with uh, Coco with his uh, second picture. He had him for 19 years. Uh, At one point, after they had finished the movies, they were doing... Him and Coco would do the rodeo circuit. He would sing, and then Coco would do some tricks and whatnot. Well, I thought Coco and, might sing. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the things, the reason he named that was because he said he he saw him, and it just reminded him of a hot...
1: hot uh, cocoa. Cho- no,
3: a hot chocolate.
1: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Which is Coco, you know. Yeah. And, but it was K-O-K-O. K-O-K-O,
3: K-O, yeah. K-O, sir.
1: Yeah.
3: But Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah and, and anyhow, he was doing a show in 1963 with Coco uh, back at one of the... And, they had him stabled there at the rodeo grounds and apparently he got into a sack of feed and uh, got foundered pretty bad, they almost lost him Mm. but from that point on he was stiff in the front Mm. and so uh, he didn't use him anymore he he, he had another horse that he was using from that point Mm -hmm. on but he kept Coco until the day he died Mm. and he's buried on he's buried out there in Wilcox across from the uh, railroad depot and Rex said that, you know, when he, when he died, he wanted to be buried with him, but not at the back end. <laughs> and Rex, when he did die, they cremated him and scattered his ashes all around uh, the railroad tracks in that area because Wilcox is, you know, mm-hmm. so associated with him.
1: Yeah, you know, Have you been to the, uh, there, there's a museum there, Rex, the Rex, Allen, Rex Allen
3: Museum. Rex Allen yeah. Rex Allen Days every year. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be able to go down there this yeah. year. I I've, I've have been, you been to the museum? I'm. i would well, meaning to go to it. Have you? I have not been to the museum, but I would love
1: to go. Same here. Uh,
4: so this is uh, another trip. Yes. You day trip. Yeah, I, I hope you're. I hope you're writing them down.
1: I am. I am. A, my folder is full. My wife has been to the Rex Allen Museum. She bought me a, a money clip there. They're made uh, sterling silver. Uh, oh, the ma- one you carry? Yeah. Yes. It may- looks like a, uh, a Texas Ranger star. It's a nice book. It's made from a peso, and uh, she got it at a uh, very good price before they understood what they were selling. Yeah, I've
3: got, <laughs> I've got my eye on that thing. Yeah, yeah,
1: I know you do. That's why it stays in my pocket.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, Todd, Harry carries Hi, a mousetrap in his pocket, so be careful. <laughs>
4: okay, well, thank you for the warning. Harry, <laughs> I'd keep i keep it in your car. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. <laughs> you know, I, I understand it. But the other thing about Rex that's so interesting is he was just as big in comic books
3: because yes. of
4: his films and then all his hit records. You know, he had a recording con- he had a recording career that went uh that went hold on. Um
3: From the forties through the sixties.
4: So he made, uh, I, I, wrote, I wrote all this down, but... That's well, good. first of all, um, his life story was written by Paula Simpson-Witt and Snuff Garrett.
3: Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. is
4: in the National Cowboy Hall of Fame. But he, he did 12 albums, 11 hit singles, 36 films, and uh, he was also, you know... You know, of course doing all the voiceovers but the other thing about Rex is that you know he was very versatile and he was an amiable guy not so many actors are willing to become voiceover guys
3: mm-hmm.
4: yeah. and you know he obviously had uh, coming from humble beginnings he had a work ethic which was I, I gotta work because if, if they're going give me a movie to be acting then I'll I'll, I'll do it as a voiceover. It was about income. It was about working and keeping your presence. You
1: know. Keeping the, the name people. out there. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, and, he just, he, yeah, you, just he has that old.
3: The rumors of your demise. Yep. It's that ranch. You know, outside, out of mind, in my inside in mind. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's that ranch mentality. You get up in the morning, you work, you work all day, you go to bed, you get up in the morning, and, and you, you work repeat. all day again. Yeah, yeah. That's what you do. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Uh and, and as as they
3: also say on ranches uh you know
4: uh, the work ain't going to get done by itself That's right
3: <laughs> <So> <laughs> Get up and get at it Well let's go back to Rex's comic books for a second. He did those Dell Comics published them and they ran from 1951 to 1959. There were 31 issues. Uh one of them, one of the issues is called The Treasure of Black Mountain. And what's neat about those I remember those comics, because I was a big comic book uh, nut anyway. But he's the only guy that could rival Roy Rogers in outfits. And I think <laughs> I think he outflashed Roy. You think? Yeah.
4: Yeah. He was pretty flashy, there's no doubt about it. But he also, you know, he also wore, it's funny, Rex, out of all the B-tell he did something that most of them didn't do. He wore a plaid. He wore plaid shirts often, mm-hmm. so snap button, uh, but plaid, and you didn't see a lot of that. You saw a lot of the scalloped, uh, you know, the three, the three staff button cuffs with the big scallop pockets that looked like a mouth,
3: uh, smiley face, staff. yeah, and uh,
4: and you know, and so on. But he when they had trim in different colors and so on, but he wore plaid. And I think that, you know, I think he was aware of his presence and aware of his competition, let's say. And he made sure that, well, I'm going to
3: do something a little different. Not flagrantly different, but a little different. That's my couple part. And him and Bill Elliott, the only two you really remember wearing a double rig with the guns reversed in the holsters. And
1: that was one of the things that Rex wanted to do, was to be different, and that's why he chose... That double rig with the yeah, reverse exactly. firearms until Bill <laughs> until he learned that Bill Elliott had done it, and they have to have us screw it.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's all right. You know, he, he, yeah. if it works, yeah. it works. That's right.
1: We are talking about uh, Rex Allen here on Movie Saturday, uh, on Amel Franzi's Voices of the West, Todd Robertson, Los Angeles by phone, Bunker to France across the glass from me, and I'm Harry beep, Alexander. Beep, beep, beep. We are going to take our next break here and be back with much more right after these very important messages, do not, I repeat, do not go away. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. First, contact the Polash Management Company today at polashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Polash Management Company, property managers you can trust.
2: Man, this is frustrating. It's taken me like five minutes just to load my homepage.
4: Did you try Control-Alt-Delete? Uh-huh. Did you jiggle the cord? Uh Uh-huh. Did you turn it on and off again? Uh Uh-huh. Call Arizona Computer Guru. Don't let viruses get you down. With our Guru Protection Service, we'll keep you
0: virus-free. In fact, if you were to get a virus, we would fix it for free. Speak to a technician right now at 304-8300 or at azcomputerguru.com. Hello? Hello? I'm Mr.
1: Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horse at Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run. The project. Horse It Around is a 501 C3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website horse Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horse
4: There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19.
2: Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Tom, the host of the Movies Out podcast, and I'm inviting you to give the Movies Out podcast a listen. Every episode, my co-hosts and I review the latest box office releases, but there's more than simply just that. We also play games like... The Alexa
3: quote of
2: the show.
3: And may the odds be ever in your favor.
2: And have a From the Cutting Room Floor segment that is an open forum to discuss anything from our thoughts of a Netflix TV series to our experiences with movie subscriptions, such as the AMC Stubs or MoviePass. So... After finishing this podcast, please give the Movies Outs podcast a listen. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Simply search Movies
0: Outs. Until then, and that's a wrap. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net.
1: Emil Franzi's Voices of the West and what would it not be vo- Emil Franzi's Voices of the West if we were not playing the High Chaparral thing that's right <laughs> <laughs> because, for you, Amel. because we have to yes. uh, it's in my contract it too. is yes it is alright uh, Todd Roberts is in Los Angeles Harry Alexander's here and Bunker DeFrance is here we are talking about Rex Allen the Arizona cowboy and um, big time voice for the Disney uh, folk
3: this is something you might find interesting, Harry. Yeah. Uh, he turned down the opportunity to play a younger Hopalong Cassidy. Did he really? And he would have been great casting.
4: That's
1: interesting. Yeah. Do you know about Did that,
4: Todd? Uh, uh, let me hear that again. He turned down what?
3: He turned down an opportunity. He was offered to play a younger version of Hopalong Cassidy. Oh. I thought that's kind of neat. Yeah, that is coming. Never heard that. He'd have made a great one. Yeah, he. I can. I could see where they would go for that. Let's see. What else have we got over in here? Oh, you know, he was also the voice for Ralston Purina dog food for many, many years. I can remember those commercials almost like yesterday.
1: (laughs) Well, I know for a period of time uh, when I did have satellite TV, um, the Westerns channel. Did run Frontier Doctor, yeah. and we would wa- We watched uh, as many of those episodes as we could find, and I um, mean, you know, I can find find them all now. Um, not so certain. It, it's. It was a good series. Um, I, I think Rex is just a bit too mild-mannered for me.
3: Well, you know, I found another interesting thing about Frontier Doctor. It also had some uh, two alternate titles, Man of the West and Unarmed. Mm-hmm. And I vaguely remembered the unarmed thing, but mm-hmm. I thought that was just a reference to the show.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. You
3: know. Well, that's uh, that's
1: amazing. Did you ever
4: it it did you is. ever see
1: the the Frontier Doctor series, Todd?
4: I don't think I did. Um, somehow, you know, I went from Roy Rogers and Gene Autry and Lone Ranger in reruns. I think Roy was the only one who was still making them into the early 60s. Uh, I went from that to the Wild Wild West, and then, it, and then it was over. There were no more Westerns on mm-hmm. television. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, of course, I saw, you, I would put through Bonanza and, uh, Gunsmoke, you know, I, and it's funny, I didn't appreciate Gunsmoke, um, at the time. And I appreciate it now. You know, uh, in fact, I've watched a few, and the writing has been really good.
3: Yes, you know.
4: several that I've watched, and uh, you know, although I, I love the the house in the Ponderosa, uh, the the storylines were never they never grabbed me the same way uh, as other shows did. And, you know, um, I'm always reminded when I think of the show Bonanza, I'm always reminded of the great Jackie Gale, the comedian who tells, you know, the joke about Bonanza. um, You know, uh, Bonanza, the show about a 50-year-old man (laughs) and his his three 49-year-old sons. And, you know, and to be honest with you, my favorite thing about Bonanza in the house was stop (laughs) saying. I thought to myself, oh my God, this is I want to live there. <laughs> I guess that you
3: swoop three times a day. <laughs> Did that you ever stop to think better? the house when you when you're in, the interiors doesn't really match the exterior in in dimension and the way it's laid out. True,
4: true. So I have stood in front of the fireplace mantle,
2: yeah. and uh, I've
4: taken a photograph. Yeah. Well, so, um, I have done that. Uh, and I, I've seen it. It was, it was, uh, it, I forget where it was. It was somewhere, uh, at a studio and it was, it, it was in this huge room full of props.
3: So. Well, you know, there's a, up in Phoenix, there's a, a fella, well, actually it was Lauren Green's house after he retired that was a recreation of the, uh, Bonanza set and the guy that bought it for several years and I think last year was the last year they would have high shop I mean uh, Bonanza reunions up there but to to get into it you, it was like a private club it was next to impossible I worked the show and I couldn't get in <laughs> well
4: they, that's because they didn't
3: appreciate what they had uh, <laughs> well they and, had class that's what they, that's why they wanted I me in and, and don't forget something else Bunker
4: With
3: money does not come case. Thank you, thank you. So, apparently apparently
1: Rex Allen did not like his uh, very first film, uh, The Arizona Cowboy, from 1950. he Uh, he, He is quoted as saying that, I'd like to find the damn negative of that thing and burn it. It was the most horrible thing I ever made. Boy,
3: was it bad. That was probably – he probably had a lot of butterflies in that, and no, that's no probably doubt. part of it. Now yeah. I have to find it. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's see. You know, as always, we're talking about some of his movies. Uh, the same year, he did Hills of Oklahoma with Fuzzy Knight and Roscoe H. I mean, Trevor Bardet was the best thing in there after, after Rex. <laughs> and then he did same year he did Redwood Forest Trail. Uh and he, Jeff Donnell was in there. Alfalfa uh Switzer was in there. James Darbo, that's a pretty decent class. And Smokey the Bear have made an appearance in that. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that was the stuff one or the real one. <laughs>
1: Remember, uh, all the only you, you can prevent defense. fire. <laughs> So so on one of our favorite uh, Hollywood heavies, Roy Barcroft, uh, Rex Allen uh, talks about him. He says, when I think of Barcroft, I think of him coming to work on a motorcycle, roaring through the front gate. Off screen, he was the nicest big old St. Bernard you could ever want (laughs) to have around. And a very high respect for his acting ability and his photographic memory. He was a real pro. He was. And, you know, whenever I see Barcroft now, I'm I'm watching a a number of serials uh, and I can't keep them together, Uh, (laughs) keep them separate. But uh, Barcroft is in at least three of them. And, you know, I, I think of that quote, you know, big old guy coming to work on a... Roaring in on a Harley and
3: big old fuzzy guy.
1: He's yeah. big old fuzzy guy.
3: Yeah, uh, you know, it's so funny too because I think when I think of Barcroft, I, I think Republic. Did they ever make a western without him? Yes. <laughs> How could they do it?
1: I know. I know. Well, he was Charles King. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, that's my favorite too. So Charlie King is my all time favorite. Yeah. Well, I tell you, in uh, also in Fifty, this is one of my. This is a favorite of mine trail of robin hood are you familiar with that one harry uh it sounds familiar are you familiar with that one todd vaguely familiar i, I
4: remember the title but i don't know that i that's I, the one
3: that's the, the, that's the one jack holt is an old retired movie cowboy actor who raises christmas trees for charity and, oh. and uh, The the bad guys are rustling his Christmas trees. And so Roy calls in uh, Rex Allen, uh, Allen Lane, Monty Hale, William Farman, Tom (laughs) Tyler, Crash Corrigan, Kermit Mader, Tom Key. uh, And uh, what's really neat is George Cheeseborough. He wants to be part of it. And they tell him, you know, you can't. You played a bad guy. And I got a quote here from uh, George about that. It's in the movie. He says, I'm George che- uh, Cheeseborough, and I've been a villain in Jack Holt's movies for twenty years now. I'd like to be on the right side for a change. And I, I tell you, it, it's a great Christmas movie too. How oh, funny! How oh, funny! Yeah, rustling wow. Christmas
1: trees. I have to look for that one. <laughs> Most and
3: then he did. He did. Uh, Fifty was a big year for him. He did under Mexicali Stars. I remember that one. That was a good one course with uh Bar- barcroft and buddy epson was on board then as as the sidekick they did that up at lone pine uh he did rodeo king in the singerita the next year uh again with uh epson and barcroft and that has that one has a great great uh, lobby card and that that was done at iverson ranch
1: he, he uh, Rex frequently worked with uh, Slim Pickens.
3: Oh, well, Slim came came on. He did more. Slim did more sidekicks than any of the other guys. Did he really? Yeah. So let me see. I've got a list here somewhere. Where is it here? Where's my list? Oh yeah. Uh, apparently he had five sidekicks the first one was gordon jones i am not sure i'm not sure who the second one was because there's a couple of guys listed that could have been roscoe h or it could have been the other guy and then fuzzy knight was third uh buddy ebsen was fourth and slim pickens was fifth but slim did the, the bulk of them from that point on mm, mm-hmm. and what else have we got here Border saddle mates, uh, that Iverson Ranch. He, Iverson Ranch got a lot of them. We did some Corriganville, Walker Ranch, Cedar Lake, Colorado uh, Sundown. That was done up at Big Bear, and Shea Ranch, and Lake Arrowhead. And this is an interesting. I dream of genie. Now that one was not a western. That was that was a contemporary thing, and. Actually, that was a Stephen Foster story, and Harry helped me on that one because he found out I couldn't I couldn't find out what Rex did in that or if he's even in it. Turns out he played Mr. Tambo, and we're figuring that was probably yeah. like a, a vaudeville Tambo. or a blackface. I don't know. And then we have another one, The Last Musketeer, which I couldn't find, and Harry uh, dug it up, and it's actually one of Rex's pictures. Iron Mountain Trail, done, done at Burl Frats. Old Overland Trail at Burl Frats and Lone Pine. Shadow of Tombstone. Now, just this is uh, by this time Slim has been with him for a couple of pictures, and uh, then I've got it this is interesting. Uh, from starting in uh, October of '54, that's when he started working with Disney. Uh, And he did the Disney anthologies, and those ran until uh, September 9th in 1990 on NBC, ABC, CBS, and he did all kinds of stuff on that.
1: I remember uh, his voice very clearly in the uh, Hall of Presidents Mm -hmm. um, at Disneyland and Disney World. Yes. And uh, uh, that... The lilting tones of Rex Allen, yeah. and and yes, he he does make you feel comfortable.
3: Well, he's kind of like s'mores and hot chocolate. <laughs> you know, you you just you want to put a big fat blanket around you and sit in front of the okay. fireplace and just. Melt.
1: I like that. And on that note, we're going to retire here for a moment for our final commercial break here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. So you uh, check these out and we'll check out for a bit and we'll be right back. So do stay tuned.
3: Arizona, the land of cattle.
2: Hi, this is Joe Montaigne. Every time my Uncle Willie tells me about his service in Patton's Third Army in World War II, I'm reminded of what we owe the U.S. Army. Fourteen generations of American soldiers who have courageously defended our nation. Their stories represent the best of America and should never be forgotten. Join me to help build the National Museum of the United States Army, a long overdue tribute to all American soldiers. To learn more,
0: At trap and
1: You know, when you walk into the uh, TV saloon at Gunsmoke, yeah. you hear this particular tune all the time. It's, I think, anyway. <laughs> It's a ragtime cowboy, ragtime
3: Joe. <laughs> <laughs>
1: anyway, we are talking about Rex Allen here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander with you, along with Bunker to France and Todd Roberts, and uh, we're just kind of going over his uh, his career. Um, he 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 was an important guy. Um, More important than he gets credit for. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he is. While he is known in the um, movie world, and television world, as, as doing all of these projects, I think he's more known in the music world as, yeah, yeah. as an artist. And he did perform with uh, his son Rex Jr. a number of times. Um, he, he performed on uh, Jimmy Dean's show. Uh, he is Kee-haw. Americana. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of a modern-day Will Rogers, if yeah. you will, w- you without, without the, without the, 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 the humor
3: now i want to just turn everybody on to he's got a new album out or cd or cassette or whatever the hell right it's called america's last singing cowboy rex allen on company uh, country rewind Rewind records crr 214 uh what happened is rex jr was going through some stuff and come across uh, some cases of his dad's old music and he he picked 15 of these out of that and what they were they were largely done for radio back in the 50s Mm -hmm. Uh, four of them was with the Sons of the Pioneer and those were done for uh, shows for the U.S. Navy. They were probably Armed Forces Radio. Yeah. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of stuff recorded for Armed Forces Radio yes. that was never released.
1: Yes. Uh, that's, uh, I, I used to work in American Forces Radio uh, a- in service and uh, have a lots of uh, goodies that were released that way but were never released to the general public. Yeah. And conversely, stuff in the general public that was never released uh, to the military radio. Well, I thought reason. that was
3: interesting as a chance to pick up some mm-hmm. new some new old Rex Allen. yeah yeah there we go well let's here's another interesting piece his last his last singing cowboy movie was the phantom stallion in 54 uh again it's the last one with uh, slim they shot that up at burroughs flat uh, and was, harry shannon was in it and that was just the last of those and then there's now here's the only we'll move on this is interesting this is five star jubilee was a half-hour NBC music variety show, and it starred Rex Allen, Snooky Lanson, Tex Ritter, Jimmy Wakely, and Carl Smith. Wow, that is amazing! <laughs> and, wow, and then they had the regulars on there, which was the backup people: was the Promadeers, the Wagon Wheelers, the Jubilaires, the Tall Timber Trio, Sim Wilson and his Jubilee Band, and. They did a lot of square dance stuff on that, mm-hmm. but the uh principals, the five stars, rotated so they never they didn't work together. Each one was a standalone interesting show there.
4: Interesting. we was
3: just moving on. And then oh we'll skip that one. We we mentioned Legend of Lobo, didn't we? No, we talked about no Charlie the Lonesome Cougar. That was that was a good one. Credible Journey. He did the voiceover, the yes. narration for that. Yeah,
1: and I remember that like it's the back that was a of my classic. Hand. That's a yeah. good
3: movie. I I enjoyed the heck out of that.
1: Do you Do either of you guys remember a uh, uh, a program called Best of the West? Uh, came out eighty one or eighty two. Thirty minutes, uh, a comedy western. There were twenty two episodes, and it is um, uh, the cast. Rex Allen is associated with this, and I haven't figured out how yet. Um, but the stars are Joel Higgins, Carleen Wat uh, Watkins, and Mino Peluche uh, Earl Pomerantz created it's the Wild Wested Misadventures of a Mild Mannered Store Owner Turned Town Marshal. Ever hear of hey. that? I've, I I know the title,
4: but it. I
3: don't. But I, yeah, go ahead. No, I just I was saying that I don't remember it. And
4: that's all.
3: Yeah, but. yeah I, I remember the title but I don't remember anything about it. It doesn't uh Yeah. Well let's see. We have Swamp Country, which we could not find anything at all about. Done in sixty six. We're thinking probably it was one of the things he narrated. And then of course Charlie the one Oh he also he did uh the narration for Charlotte's Webb, the nineteen seventy three mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was out there. it's obvious
4: that he was multi-talented and versatile and adapted to whatever was in front of him. He wasn't going to rush out of the or stick his nose up and stuff and say no, when you you bring me the right role, I'll do it. He just kept
3: working. There was was another uh, TV thing that he did for the uh, Turner Nashville Network. It was a 30-minute show uh, Church Street Station, and it was guests, it was Rex Allen, Hank Thompson, Asleep at the Wheel, Mary Chapin Carpenter, Garth Brooks, and that was shot out of the uh, Cheyenne Saloon and Opera House in Orlando, Florida, back in your stomping grounds there. Hmm,
1: hmm. Well, this is one I'd love to see from 1986. It's a documentary. Uh, it's called Born to Buck, and it's called Bronc Riders Traveling Through uh, South Dakota and Roundup 400 Wild Horses in Danger of Extinction, and they bring them to Fort Pierre where they're ridden by Bronco Busters in rodeo competition. Casey Tibbs, Rex Allen, Bill Barnes, Ken Cooper in that.
3: Yeah, Casey put that together. Yeah, yeah he did. And they, they actually they crossed the Missouri River at full full banks, covered it from bank to bank. You know, that was part one of was Like, they didn't even know if they could do it. And, you know, Casey just said, let her go.
1: Yeah. All right, so you're wondering about uh, Swamp Country, right?
3: Yeah. Are you looking at it? Yeah, Rex
1: Allen plays Sheriff Jim Turner in that uh, from 1966. Um, okay. The only well, other, Lyle Wagoner is uh, is in there, too. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's all that. Uh, it, look, it looks like it's one of those that you would
3: have seen at the drive-in. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to run through a, a quick list of some of his songs. You saw it at the drive-in, you didn't see it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the windows were fogged <laughs> yeah, up. Thank yeah. Thank you. And that's in the summertime. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, let's see, he did. Uh, these are some of his songs: "Crying in the Chapel," yeah. "Don't Go Near the Indians," "Tiny Bubbles," yeah. "Blue Dream." Yeah. There's a blue sky way out yonder. All. Cried out, money, marbles, and chalk. Texas plain, cowboys lament, which is the streets of Laredo, yep. and that just may be one of the very best versions mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a frame, well, and, and, hmm? and his stomp near the
4: Indians was his biggest hit.
3: Yeah, yeah, that was 1962.
4: It was very big, it was a story song. Um, I didn't realize that he had recorded Tiny Bubbles, which was the huge, huge trademark hit song yeah. of Don Ho. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, it's funny, I do home singing it because it's in Hawaii, I associate it with him. I don't see Rex singing it, but I'm <laughs> sure he did a great job, and I'm,
3: I'm sure it was a hit. And, yeah. you know, it, it didn't. he didn't do things by accident. No. Yeah, and you know, in, in, it, the list of hits actually does start, he had other songs before that, but the first one that really jumps out at the, the listening public was Crying in the Chapel. That was a beautiful song. It still is. We are out of time
1: uh, for this edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, as you might have heard from the little clicky thing there. Uh, <laughs> is that
3: what that that's,
1: is? A, that's my little alarm that says, You're out of time. Get out of here.
3: I thought that was your plague for your dentures there.
1: No, I lost that in 1962. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I lost mine in the flood. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, that's it for this edition. Oh, this has been fun. It's been fun, Todd. And uh, next week, I don't know what. What are we doing next week? I have no idea. Want to
3: do David Crockett?
1: I don't know. We'll we'll we'll, we'll talk. Figure, we'll figure
3: figure it out. Yeah. We'll talk.
1: Anywho, thanks for listening, all, and uh, we'll talk at you again next time.
3: Adios, folks. See ya. Adios.
1: See ya.
0: Thanks for listening to Amal Franc's Voices of the West.